0: We
1: Seasons
2: changed. We still keep it together. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep, episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host? <laughs> Charles Did Rosen. Did I say that? She is the foolish
3: thing about the,
4: the the real person. And we go, what? We're we getting rid of this guy.
2: Pete Ferrero.
4: I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks trust, TV crush TV crushworthy.
2: Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh yeah.
4: Here we are on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. We're talking Peach Pit After Dark. Um, Charles, do you remember creating Peach Pit After Dark and where where it all started?
5: I think it started when uh, Jamie Walters walked through the door. <laughs> and we were going to have a, a musician. We needed a venue. And we needed uh, content. Hello. We was, you know, starting out at season five. Hello tiffany goodbye shannon we were in a different world so we needed material and larry and i you know music guys and uh it was a great uh, venue and kicking it off and i'm i'm really interested in terms of this podcast knowing that you know i went brain dead after ps i love you to hear relative to 90210 to hear what went on <laughs> in the peach pit after dark in seasons six and seven so i Think I have a very small role here after we uh, get get our groove on.
4: All right, let's get our groove on. Let's bring out the person that really got the Peach Pit After Dark happening. Mr. Jamie. Jamie. How are you doing? Hey Jamie. So good oh, to, good you. to see everybody. Well, we can't really do this without talking about uh, talking with some others that used to hang out at the Peach Pit after dark, right? I mean, there was a lot of people that used to come watch Jamie play, and someone that had to like get a motivational speech for him one time. So, how about this person? Hey,
2: <laughs> <Okay>.
4: hi, hi, <laughs> hey, Tori.
2: Hey, Tori. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! When was the last time you two saw each other?
1: Um, It's
2: been been a while, probably.
1: Yeah, it's been since since we did the reboot uh, episode.
6: Two summers ago.
1: Although I think one of your kids texted me to send a little birthday video at some point. So that's probably the last time you saw me. (laughs)
6: That is so true. So, yes, my kids... Went into my cell and, like, got all my friends from 9Nuts210, the, the ones I love, which is everyone, of course, um, and asked them to do videos and surprised me on my birthday with it. Aww. And that that's how weak. it was that special that I'm all about social media and sharing things. And that w- it meant so much that I was like, you know what? I'm not even sharing this. I'm going to keep it private. So thank mm, you for course. doing that. You. Um, were you like, why is her kid texting me?
1: No, I thought it was cool. And I was, when I got the text, I was sitting at the dinner table with my kids. And so it was, they got a kick out of it too.
6: So. We still have to get Hopefully our kids they together. Hopefully planted
1: the seed in their head to do something nice for nice me.
6: Nice like, for you. <laughs> yes. I have five. Only one did something nice to me. So, you know. There we go. <laughs> and we, so when, when we did the reboot together, we reconnected. We hadn't talked in a long time. And we realized we lit, I don't even know if. We still live nearby, but we live really close yeah. to each other. So we had said we were going to keep in touch and make plans and have like a kid play date, but that hasn't happened, but we'll do it. Right. <laughs> One of these COVID like, do happens.
5: The, do so the ages of your kids overlap? Are you just the same ages?
4: Oh, well, there that. <laughs> my kids
1: uh, are 14,
4: 16,
2: 18, and 23 now. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Kids? They're um, younger, younger.
4: Jamie, I sent some clips to you before of you playing some music. They create the After Dark. You come on to 90210, and you're going to get an opportunity to do some of your music on the show. What was that experience like for you? And we got Tori back. I think it's uh, – I mean, it was awesome. I think it's important
1: to remember that, you know, Tori's dad, Aaron, and I had just worked on The Heights. And – um you know obviously a, a music show music oriented show and although the show itself didn't last uh very long the music helped to open some doors for me and uh aaron kind of created this role of ray pruitt for me to be able to come on the show and what, what an amazing opportunity um to get on there and play the music that I was currently recording and traveling around and, and touring around the U S and in Europe. And so to be able to come on a show like 90210 with a cast like this, that was already, you know, hot and getting so much attention. It was, it was an amazing opportunity and um, yeah, thankful for, for that. And the peach bit was cool. I mean, it was, uh, I still drive by uh, the old studios frequently because where I work is in, and Nuys. And so I drive by like that, uh,
4: Kester Calvert studio. in on Calvert right there frequently. And it brings back a lot of good memories. Tori, did you remember seeing him on the Heights?
6: Absolutely. My dad was so proud of the Heights and the Heights was so good. It's, it's shocking what happens in, in TV land, but, Um, yeah, he was, he was so excited about Jamie and like wanted to do something with him and he loved this show so much. He was so passionate that when it didn't work out, he was like, I'm going to put him in 90210. Like I, this, this, I love this guy. Jamie does the best impression of my dad. You have to do it.
7: No. (laughs) What is that like?
4: What is that like, Jamie? Yeah. What did
1: he say? I just put you on the
2: spot.
4: (laughs) So
1: good. I mean, he would call me on the phone, you know, and I remember like. You know, I'd be just chilling at home and then pick up the phone and lovey, uh, lovey, it's Aaron. Um, we're going to Vegas this weekend. Would you care to join? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Aaron, I'd like that. Um, so, you know, great guy and awesome to me. You know, it opened up a lot of doors for me. So
6: oh, my you. God. I remember Vegas with my dad. Oh,
4: yeah. my gosh.
6: That's what I was that was thinking. a lot. Yeah. That was I know, I he didn't
4: fly. Way. So it must have been a drive, right? Uh, yeah, we were, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's the legendary
3: train trip, also. Yeah. Harry
4: <laughs> mm. loves this. this, uh,
3: <laughs> this train know, trip well, I know. I mean, you know, your brother told told us the story of the cross country trip
4: with the private train car. Tori, you get to do a lot <laughs> with Jamie. I mean, and, you know, uh, and a lot of scenes together uh do you remember doing a lot of that stuff and what was that what was that like working together as actors
6: of course it was like like some of the happiest memories I have on 90210 um I mean we hit it off right away and became friends like offset as well so we would just laugh every day like being able to have Jamie as my scene partner was like It was, like, magic. And it's so funny. You'll notice, like, in season five, you'll see, like, Donna's style start to change. Because, like, Jamie's style transitioned into Ray's style. And then, like, I was hanging out with him. So, you know, when you're hanging out with friends, you adapt their style. So you'll see, like, Donna starts to wear more, like, flannels and jeans. I mean, I had the baby, like, tees cut off underneath. You didn't have that. But...
4: Love that look, Tori. Love that yeah. look. Love that look. <laughs> <laughs> but
6: we we had the best time together. We really enjoyed I mean, from my perspective, obviously. We did. I, um, honestly, I loved like, working with him and like it was like my worst I know we haven't gotten there yet, but like my worst nightmare when like the public like turned on Ray, like because I didn't want to like act opposite anybody else aside from Jamie. Like so that was that was a nightmare.
1: <laughs> Do you I, have a I remember we were we were more – I remember us being friends and hanging out outside of uh, the set more than actually, like, all my set memories, you know? But I do remember us just laughing and have. we just had a lot of fun. We had a good time. We got along really well.
6: We did.
4: Aww. I'm going to ask a weird question. He
6: was my male BFF.
4: <laughs> I said this to Jenny when she was with us, but when I watched The Office, I really wanted Jim and Pam – to be a real life thing but they're actors and then i got myself in check and i was like oh god they're actors was there any little crushy crushy on uh the tory the- how could i not have a crush on tory yeah,
6: yeah right i mean uh yeah. i've never even told you this whatever um, <laughs> i had the biggest crush on him when we first met and i like wait do you remember me being at your house and i was going on a date with you're not gonna remember this. Like you have so many things to remember. But I was like, I got set up, my dad set me up with an actor from another one of his shows, like Models Inc.
1: Uh-huh.
6: And I was at Jamie's house and I was going to meet this guy. And it and I think like afterwards I came back to your house and hung out with you and your roommate at the time or what I don't remember, but like this yeah. guy was such a Douche, like I won't say who it is, but he was so awful, and like it was just like the worst experience. So I was like, oh, so much for dating. And I actually had a crush on you, so I like didn't really care. But yeah, we just ended up being friends.
4: Um, yes, Jamie, what's <laughs> your take on
1: that? Uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of great times, a lot of great memories, and uh, you know, things things were fun for us um, in Hollywood at that time, and you know to be on a show like 90210 that was you know so popular and people were talking about it and we just had a good time we we took advantage of that and we we had a good time in in Hollywood and running around so i good. mean
6: every girl in america wanted him so
1: <laughs>
6: but wait um, i wait i just felt like i did not clear that up and now i'm like blushing so even though i had a crush on him like we figured out like soon we were just really great friends and I really valued his friendship so much that I got over the crush. Not that I got you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah.
4: It's I hard to get over yeah. those crushes, but I do know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like
6: once we became so close as friends, it was more like brother and sister, but like best friends. So it was different. But yeah, he's he's hot. He's still hot. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and it was I thought it was awesome. And I
4: know Larry and Charles have said this before, but when we all watched the reboot and we saw Jamie show up on the reboot, that was so Friggin' awesome. And it was so cool. Uh, Jamie, how cool was that for you to come back to that after all those years? It,
1: uh, I mean, it was awesome to get invited to go do that and be a part of it. And it made me feel great to, you know, kind of come back into that scene with you guys. And for me, you know, we've all grown and had these lives in between when we did that now. And it really made me feel like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm part of that show and part of the legacy. And it was, uh, it was great for me to, to see everybody. And, you know, we all just kind of snapped right back into like hanging out there. Was, it wasn't, it wasn't that weird. It was, it was fun. Um, I remember, you know, kind of going back and when I left the Heights and was coming on to 90210, I, I was definitely like a little intimidated coming onto that show with this cast of people that were all, you know, very tight and, And the show was so popular. And when we came back to the reboot and saw everybody again, it was like, um, yeah, it's just great to see everybody and kind of, you know, just remember those old days and then uh, see everybody again. And uh, those feelings of of kind of being nervous about showing up, they were all gone, you know? It's like all these years have gone by. It was great.
4: That's really, really awesome. Uh, Kathleen Robertson wanted me to say hi to both of you. And she said uh, to Jamie, she remembers that you played a concert for her, uh, or not for her, but at Canada's Wonderland. And she had yeah, some things yeah. there. Yeah. I do remember that. And I uh, just thought Kathleen it was awesome.
1: was definitely, it's good to hear from her. And hopefully, because yeah. she was part of the crew too. She was definitely hanging out with us a lot.
6: Yeah, yes. we were like the three musketeers. The three of us, I think, like were the closest.
1: Yeah.
4: That's very, very cool. All right. We're going to say goodbye to Tori. Thank you for stopping by. How's everything with the podcast? Now, 2-1-OMG is rocking it. You've been doing some cool stuff, covering working, some- Working videos. hard. Working hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's
6: going great. Wait, can, I just want to listen. Well, I'll actually listen. Like, I want to hear all the questions you're going to ask Jamie.
2: I have some questions.
4: <laughs> well- <laughs> We're uh, we're about to be joined by someone else here. I don't know if you remember this person, but this is Drew Kinney. Tori will be back. Drew Kinney did all the art stuff on the show, right? He made helped to create the uh, the Peach Pit After Dark. Yeah,
5: right. it would just be warehouse next door to the uh, other warehouse. Had exactly. not been for, for Drew.
7: They Hello, buddy. Made- How are you? They'd just be Did doing dirty videotapes in there. That would be the only thing happening. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's across the street. Uh, Borrow
5: Borrow 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 Borrow. Borrow.
7: I do remember that. Yeah, Such a great neighborhood. Um, so
4: Are there songs that you wrote? I mean, I've listened to your... I told everybody to listen to your first record again because it is so good, man. And <coughs> I know Larry and I have talked about this privately or whatever before the show came on. Um, but are there songs like, you You know you were going to be on the show, you couldn't wait to do that song maybe in the After Dark or get it on TV. Were there specific songs that you felt that about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that the songs that, that I was uh, popular for, like How Do You Talk to an Angel and Hold On, were kind of these power ballad songs. And so at the Peach Pit, it was an opportunity to play some of the songs that were different, right? So I really liked playing uh, "The Great Escape." Uh, I know the game. Um, Why those songs all kind of stood out to me? It was a little different than some of the other tracks on the record, so it was it was nice to get some exposure for those songs and, and get out of just like well, kindness of strangers was also one that was really good too. Right, right. Comfort strangers. Comfort, Comfort of strangers. strangers. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah really,
3: I really like that one. Yeah, we just, cool. we just saw it. it was used in the uh, in the homeless mother episode. Right. You were in Portland in that episode,
1: right? I remember that.
5: Yeah, They're not happy to be there. Not happy to be there <laughs> once uh, the old Davey Silver shows up. You know, <laughs>
4: um, Tori did mention something I wanted to ask you about leaving the show and and getting on that whole, that whole thing that happened with um, the fans misunderstanding that you were playing an you were an actor and playing a character. What was that? What was that experience like for you? Was that tr- so? bizarre yeah i mean it it sucked to put
1: it frankly uh it was a tough time in a number of ways because i was trying to do something that at the time was kind of different and now it's completely normal but being an actor and also having music and trying to do that crossover it it wasn't something that everybody was willing to accept at that time And so I had that deal going on. And then I was starting to play this character um, with Ray when he started to kind of turn South a little bit. Um, I felt like every time I went out, I was having like confrontation with somebody either like, Hey, are you, are you an actor? Are you a musician? Which one you got to choose? Or it was, what's up with your character? Why are you picking on Tori? You know, people had just a, a difficult time. I remember regularly like going to the Ralphs on, uh, you know, Hazeltine and Ventura, which was where I was living, and people would confront me in, in Ralph's, and, you know, they'd want to know uh, why I was
4: picking on, on Tori, America's sweetheart, you
2: know? that
4: must have been really tough, man. I can't even imagine. Well, that's Larry's and well, Well, more Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Girls, on your way out. So that's really a Larry Mullen issue, right? Thank they you so much, much Peter. Can we, <laughs> we put that on Larry, Chuck? <laughs> no,
5: I think it's just saying, look, and I'm thinking... People, the directors. These people that got that confused about Ray and Jamie, Right. In, in 2021, they're not vaccinated and they believe in the big lies. <laughs> you know, that was, our, that was that part Thanks of the, the
3: audience. Yeah, I okay, appreciate the. Uh, well, know,
5: really has. stupid uh, fucks, You know, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you know.
1: I took it as a testament to my
4: acting, right? That I was so good. You know, that too. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes.
5: What yes. do we do about?
4: Right. That, you know. I want to ask you too, Jamie. Do you miss anything <laughs> <laughs> about acting at all? I do. I miss the camaraderie of. Of being on
1: a set and and all the different um, people that come together to make a project happen, you know, there's so much more than just you know the actors, right? There's everybody working behind the scenes to get this product out. And uh, my son actually is uh, he's a camera operator now, and okay. he's, oh, in yeah? the nice. he's working. And I'm getting to kind of relive a lot of that stuff through him. Set life, you know. Set life. Yes. He's going, on. you know, he's traveling a lot. He's hey, going on. Yeah, hey, hey, Pete, I wanted to give, um,
3: you know, so we're talking about the Peach Bay After Dark, and I find it really interesting that the episode that J- that Jamie's character, Ray Pruitt, was introduced in, that's the episode that the Peach Bay After Dark, those words are coined by Steve Sanders, and Steve's going to set up a rave party in the Peach Pit After Dark. I mean, right. This has all been verified, by the way, by Professor Sherry Weiss of Team <laughs> Drumology. So I to go we this.
5: don't do one thing on this podcast.
3: Without talking to her. And The I other thing is, the first person to play, the first act to play at the Peach Pit After Dark in Sweating It Out was Jamie Walters.
4: Amazing. So Yay. you're really
3: tied to it. And, and, and like Chuck said, and I think he's right. We we created it because we thought we were gonna have this home act. Like, you know, you're gonna be like, you know, the, the you know the, the the act that we always had there. Right. And uh, you know the We yeah. After Dark though really gave us a, a chance to be a little bit more adult, which helped us in, you know, as we're moving the you know, the kids are getting older. So
4: Larry, I want to ask useful. you about another thing. Um, the another band that you mentioned at some point to Charles and said we're going to have on the show is the Flaming Lips, right?
3: Yes, and Chuck had no. He had nothing. It's just like blank. He had no idea, but it enough. I <laughs> I know
5: it. Like, <laughs> oh my God, so,
3: so great. Bad. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, we just threw it out there. It was, you know, I mean, I was a big, you know, a punk music listener, and then also transitioned to, you know, the Austin bands that I really liked, you know, which were, I did also use some music for like the Butthole Surfers and, uh, and Ministry. But, you know, Flaming Lips were a phenomenon at the time, and they had a hit song, and we took a shot from. I mean, Steve might remember how we actually got them, but it was just a big thrill.
4: How do you, Steve? You were you were a fan of nine hundred two one zero, weren't you, Steve?
8: I. Uh, you talked to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, we're we, Wayne and I were always convinced we were like the 10th band that you guys asked to be on the show. It was like Smashing Pumpkins said no, Butthole Surfer said no, <laughs> okay, okay, Ministry said no, and finally, like 10th band, Flaming Lips said they'd do it, so that's how we got it. But uh, wasn't well,
5: it about the 15th band? Like,
8: actually, <laughs> actually, he, actually, he actually is correct, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah for <laughs> <from laughs> me. It was I didn't want to do Hootie and the Blowfish. No offense oh, to Hootie, no, Hootie. was an edgy
3: but... episode. We're gonna have a near rape on it. So we, you know we wanted something. Yeah, it
5: was, <laughs> well, I yeah. something.
8: Yeah. We did, yeah. of course we didn't know there was gonna have the rape scene right right next to when we performed <laughs> at the peach pit after dark. But when we when we shot shot the um the show, I was a casual kind of fan, but I came a really big fan like a few years later. And I was hanging out my buddies one day just drinking beer, watching TV on an afternoon. I'd been sucked back into the show on the reruns, and I forgot that we'd been on the show. And I'm just watching. I'm like, oh, yeah, when is this? Oh, yeah, we were on this one. My friends had no idea. It was just a really weird, well, fun funny. moment. But, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I was probably the biggest fan out of all the guys in the band when we did shoot the show. So, yeah.
4: Do, I mean, but, I, and do you have, like, vivid memories of shoot, being on set, being at the after dark and, like, going through that?
8: I have a ton of pictures somewhere. We all do. Um, there's a picture, a great picture of all of us. I tried to find, it, but I couldn't, we're kind of redoing our house right now. Everything's kind of chaotic, but there's a picture of all of us with the cast members that were there that day, except for, um, uh, brand, except for Jason, uh, Priestley was there, but he wasn't in the picture, but it had, uh, Donna, uh, J- Jenny Garth. Is that her name? Sorry. I'm forgetting yeah, uh, the actors yeah. and the a- actors and their characters names. She was not there. So Tori oh, Spelling think. was there. Ian Ziering was there. He was really nice. Uh, Brian Austin Green was there, but he wasn't in the picture either. I'm trying to think of Kathleen who else.
4: Robertson was probably in the picture. She was in
8: the picture, yeah, looking right. very uh sultry and sexy or whatever. But um, <laughs> it, and uh, sure? it, it was just really funny because I asked Tori Spelling at one point. I was like, "So where's where's Jenny Garth?" And, and Tori Spelling, without missing a beat, goes, "What am I not good enough for you?" <laughs> <No>! <laughs> <laughs> True story. Yeah. But it it was fun. I got trouble for drinking on set. I brought like a 12 pack of some cheap beer or something and <laughs> yeah, they got onto us about that. But for the most part, we had a really good time. We weren't expecting we didn't know what to expect, you know. And uh, we'd only been on TV I think once or twice at that point. It was like David Letterman, I think Conan O'Brien. So to be on a, on a set of a, a TV set with real stars was, you know, it was a little it was weird and intimidating, but we ended up ended up having a really good time. And I and our Ian, Ian, Ian Zeering. I Ian. Ian, Ian, Ian. Ian. yeah. yeah. And Jamie, you weren't there. I don't think you were there that day. We were shooting our stuff. I was there. I remember watching the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, my my wife's like, "Oh, he's oh, Ray's going to be on too." I was like, "That's what I've heard." Or you know, <laughs> we, you know, he gets we, he gets fired and we get hired. And man, what a, what a weird deal, you know? But it's so, this is so much fun because I really got into show a couple of years. I mean, I, I like I said before, I was kind of into, it, but then I really got into it a couple of years after that. So I haven't watched the reboot though, so I have no idea what that's all about
4: one of the other bands that was on the show and he was super excited to meet you Steve is uh was the was the Bare La- Naked Ladies and oh. here's the of the Bare Naked Ladies uh Tyler Stewart
8: Howdy Tyler How's Hello. it going man It's going, going well
9: Stephen you know I want to tell you that uh the Soft Bullets and Yoshimi uh are two of the biggest albums of my life and Thank you you on drums and all kinds of other things you are just like a huge inspiration to me and honestly our band played the living daylights out of those records when they came out and and it's they still hold a big big part in our hearts so i really I,
8: i really appreciate hearing that i can't wait to tell wayne and everybody else they'll be they'll be thrilled to hear that so um i'm surprised i guess you guys may have wanted to ask wanted to ask wayne first but i think he's busy doing some other stuff plus i know a lot more about 90210 than he does so (laughs) uh, thank you tyler i I really appreciate it kudos right back to you so are you where are you right now
9: i'm at home in toronto toronto uh, i just i just finished uh cooking up some barbecue chicken on my big green egg and uh, my family is in the backyard enjoying it and i'm in here having a great time talking to all of you. So there you go. Aww.
2: You, have, you have a new a new album coming out this week on Friday, right?
9: Yes. Our sixteenth album, Detour de Force, is coming out. Wow, congratulations. Excited.
8: Congratulations, yeah. 16th album.
9: Absolutely. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, we've been together since 1948. It's uh, really cool. <laughs>
8: <laughs> you look great. You look great. Thanks, man. Yes. Thank you. Since,
4: yeah. Flattery
9: will get you everywhere, Steve. For yes, Tyler, sorry.
4: you have an, another. You have an interesting perspective because you were you buddies with Jason. You, I know you. He did a documentary about you guys and all that stuff. So, is that sort of how you wound up on the show? I know Larry wanted you guys on the show too. So, what's your story of getting on the on on the show?
9: Well, Priest, as we his cronies call him, um, he, he was a big fan of the band and had come to a lot of shows. And uh, he's so funny. Well, you guys know Jason. It's like we were complaining about a music video we had shot. And he uh, was like, buddy, don't worry about any of that. I'll shoot your next one. I'll come to Toronto. I'll shoot it. And then I'll march it into MTV and they'll play it you know we were like okay that's cool uh we can deal with that and so we shot a video with us in toronto for the old apartment and then shortly after that we got to appear on the show and we became really good friends with jason and and naomi um jason came to my wedding he shot my wedding uh and yeah in 1998 and then he made uh, a documentary about the band and we're still buddies i love that guy he's uh He's got more energy than all of us combined. It's so crazy.
8: <laughs> That's cool. That's truth. Very uh, cool. Drew,
4: I wanted to ask you. Well, are, Drew, do you remember the, the Flaming Lips or the Bare Naked Ladies coming to the show?
7: Uh, well, I can tell you, I, I I remember the Flaming Lips very specifically, and I told the story for years, and nobody's believed me. <laughs> Larry, when when Larry used to come over to the office, he used to come into my office all the time because I had a bunch of CDs. And he would always ask me what bands were playing. And this one I remember more than anything. And it was, I can't remember, I, and I, I hate right now that I can't tell you which album it is. It's not Telepathic Surgery. That's my favorite Flaming Lips record. Oh, man. Do after that. Um, and I was playing it, and he said, Who is this? And I said, Oh, man, it's the Flaming Lips. These are great. And he took my CD case and he went into his office. And then very shortly after that, you guys were on the show. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, very right cool. On, you know? Um, Can you so verify hard.
4: that information, Larry? Is that is, do you remember that story? I, I do
3: remember going to Truths office. I don't exactly remember on that act doing that, but uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you know, that's how it worked then. You know, I mean, we were just trying to, yeah, uh, again, each, each show. Kind of demanded a, a different kind of act. Like we had, you know, you guys were in good company. We had the Blind Boys of Alabama for gospel brunch. We had Luther Vandross for a Valentine's show. I remember uh, that. Yeah. We yeah. had, uh you know, we had some pretty cool, pretty cool acts. Yeah.
2: Christina, we had, had Christina
3: Aguilera. Yeah. Lady. Had the uh, cardigans,
8: the cardigans yeah. were on one. Yeah. The we we
9: color the me bad. Maroon Five
2: the <laughs> the <laughs> <me bad. laughs> the <laughs> before they were Maroon Five. Color me bad. Never
8: played. Oh yes, they did. They Yes, they
2: did. But it
7: wasn't after dark. It wasn't the after dark. Yeah, also from from Oklahoma Oklahoma City.
8: Caller me bad, also from Oklahoma City, just oh, really? uh, worth noting. Oh, yes, sir.
3: You know, we, we will be looking for our, our America zip code show. We're looking for one fan from every state. We don't have an Oklahoma yet, so we might ask you. Stephen, Steven
4: might be back. We may have
5: to be, because I, <laughs> I just saw Rachel Maddow on Oklahoma, and you might be the last one left. I mean, <laughs> what's going on here, Stan? I know it's very blue here, but it was. No, but but anyway.
8: Oklahoma. Oklahoma city is not too bad. We have a Republican for a mayor, but he's very reasonable. He's very smart. He's very, uh, he's just great. We couldn't ask for a better mayor. We're in Oklahoma city. We're okay. It's uh, all the rural parts that are getting really scary now with the, the variant and stuff, you know? So yeah. Jamie, I want
4: to ask you, we, we asked you this once too, but Jamie did do something else that was very cool. Jamie got to play on the rolling stone stage. Uh, when they brought the Voodoo Lounge tour to uh, to the Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. Yeah, so, w- yeah. What was that experience? And then wow. we've asked you about the crazy. Yeah.
1: crazy night because we were actually they, you know, the concert was going on, and we were running around the stadium, kind of doing this guerrilla filmmaking um, while while they were playing. Um, and earlier in the day, uh, I did get to get up on their stage. It was all set. Um, got up there, and you yeah, know, it was pretty cool. Be up there next to the Rolling Stones, uh you know, all their stuff up there. It was awesome.
4: And of course Larry he sang,
1: Hold On, I think, as I remember. Yeah, I think I yeah. sang
5: Actually, two days, you you did that. Um, you sang on stage the day before the concert. Right. We we were out there for two days. Yeah. yeah. And yes,
3: I, I did get to throw you off the stage, as the Rolling Stones party.
9: <laughs> Hey guys, I, going back to the peach pit, I, I it's the most eclectic club in America ever like the most diverse lineup of acts right you know all all over the place and i love that i loved the fact that you know, you'd have yeah. one minute you have Color Me Bad, the next minute you have Flaming Lips, and you have Fair-Naked Ladies, Christina Aguilera. <laughs> From yeah. across the spectrum. Yeah. We cardigans. had the cramps.
3: We had the cramps also.
8: Anybody
5: cramps? Cramps.
8: I don't remember that. Tell Anybody that had
5: something to sell? It, Halloween know, the show, uh, Gypsy's cramps, cramps and like, Come on down. We'll book you at the Peach Pit. You know?
7: It's yeah. great. I, I wonder oh, who yeah. the, uh,
9: whoever the promoter was, he had a very, uh, very large ears.
7: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, I, I think one thing that was always interesting, because the, uh, I think it was, you know, sound guys, like a couple of those departments, like they're not ready for some of these kind of people. Like, you know, when the cramps showed yeah. up, you could see they were just like, why? <laughs> poison Ivy and Lux interior. You know, exactly. they had no idea. Like, you know, wow. You know, lips are on there and they were doing playback and it was she don't use jelly. And no. <laughs> one of the sound guys was trying not to laugh every time because he thought, "Man, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard."
9: <laughs> that was. I remember when uh, I remember when we were doing the take where we were playing, making noise, and we had to be totally silent and mime because the dialogue was happening. Yeah. And I had taken my beater out of the bass drum, Stephen. Yeah, but, but still, but still, the the plate was hitting, so it's like, and they're like. We need silence. And I, mean, I was like, oh, I, I am being silent. And they, they had to cut the whole thing because my friggin' bass drum pedal sounded like, you know, a guy
8: hammering on metal. I had a similar experience. And then it'd be weird when they're, they're dancing, but there's no sound. So yeah. it's just right. answer, a bunch of feet shuffling. just <laughs> Really weird. Yeah, really yeah, bizarre. It was funny. And then yeah. you get to hear, uh, is it David? Is, is it uh, Steve? Is it Steve says it's really cool to see them in a small club like we play? You,
4: <laughs> at some point they let everybody know each week they don't do birthday parties you <laughs> know you can't <laughs> normally book this out this is just for this episode alone oh, we want to say goodbye to tyler and uh steven and, and talk there to me a little bit more but i do want to mention the bare naked ladies album that's coming out and yeah oh, that. uh, album uh, art there of uh, that happening. So uh, that's really cool. exciting. Stephen and uh, Tyler, thank you so much for. Thank
8: sharing. you. Thanks hey, for Tyler, the rest of
4: the band to both of you. I mean, we really, I, uh, I
8: thank you so much. Hey Tyler, I think we're going to be in Toronto uh, next year. Come, if you're, if you're at home, come check us out. So
9: I will, man. The last time I saw you was at Massey hall. There was a bit of a technical glitch, but you with, guys still, you wrote it, you wrote it through amazingly.
8: Was it with Beck? Was it that show?
9: That was that show. Yeah. Oh
8: God, that was a terrible show. Come see us again. I will absolutely. <laughs>
2: we'll hook you we'll two you up. Guys.
8: Thank, you guys. Okay. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody.
9: Thank you
4: guys. Yes. Nice. Cheers, so,
2: guys. Thank and, you.
4: Uh, there, Tyler. Okay, uh, Jamie. I want to ask you more about um, acting on the show, being on nine hundred two one zero, and um, you know they, those guys were talking about their their experiences, sort of playing. Uh, to click tracks and and all that stuff. What was that like for you to go from like, you know, I mean, you did get to do some cool, like acoustic stuff. I know you played hold on for, for Donna on the, on the pickup truck and all that stuff, but what is that experience like, you know, kind of playing to a track and, you know, lip syncing?
1: Definitely different to start, you know, practicing playing against a click track. Um, As those guys had described earlier, it was just, it was so awkward to be up there and have to be quiet. Um, If there was a scene going on with some dialogue, you know, you're up there faking playing, the people are, are faking dancing. And then you can hear, you know, the dialogue happening between the characters. So it definitely, it it was kind of challenging sometimes to make it really feel and appear um, real and, you know, we would do so many takes. You know, you do your master take, and then you get all your close-ups, um, just to make sure that you were able to sync up and and sell it every time was was challenging, but um, yeah, part of the fun of of trying to do that, you know. And um, you know, these guys, uh, the Flaming Lips, Bare Naked Ladies, they'd get to come on and they'd do one show, and and Ray and Jamie Walters got to do you know show after show, which was really you know it was cool. I got to. Get good at it after a while, I think. Yeah. You know? The house
4: you got
2: really, really good,
4: yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. You you you're you're Ray, right? So you're playing a character Ray, but the songs are Jamie Walters songs, right? right. So what right. so you gotta be in scenes as Ray, but then right. your music is you know, written for Jamie in a way, right? You're writing about experiences and all this stuff. Was it was it kind of weird to blend those two worlds together at times? Was there a loss of, like, I don't know who Ray and Jamie are or anything like that as being an actor? Yeah, and I think that was kind of
1: going back to people having a hard time differentiating me from the character and running into people who were angry about Ray's behavior on the show. There was that real kind of intermeshing of my, my real life and writing music and having that music be part of Ray's story on the show.
4: Um, yeah, it was, it was challenging. And I mean, cause the music is so intimate, you know, the, the music of, of Jimmy Walters is so intimate so that people can definitely connect to your character, mm-hmm. but it also does really work great for being able to manipulate that character when he needs to do, you know, some bad things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: musicians, I mean, you know, we you, we always, you know, look, he's a, he's a romancing Donna. So, I mean, a lot of their relationship was, you know, is in the songs. I mean, you know, all songwriters, that's what they have. That's what they got. I mean, you're trying to basically, you know, meet women and uh, and enjoy women. So, that's part of it. And uh, we were always happy to have that because the songs really worked in there. They were, they were really, really wonderful. I mean, reliving them now, I'm just yeah.
1: kind of kind of enjoying it all over again. And then it was fun, you know, kind of going back to your question, the opportunities I had to actually play live on the show. And those were usually kind of little, little lead-ins or like you mentioned, the, uh, you know, when, when Ray first gets introduced and he plays hold on on the back of the truck and some of that stuff was actually kind of playing live. And, and that was fun too, getting to, you know, come up, you know, come up with these little things that would be the lead-in into a scene, you know?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, did you leave acting, um, because of what happened here or did you want to do more acting or what, what, what had happened? I'm curious. Um, I think,
1: you know, I really was uh, pursuing music. It was uh, taking a a lot of my energy and effort traveling and touring. Um, And, you know, honestly, I could kind of feel that, you know, after I left 90210, um not that it ha- not that i had a bad taste in my mouth or anything like that but it did kind of awaken me to like yeah, this you know this is a rough business <laughs> you need to uh, you know maybe see see what else you know life has in store for you and i did have a lot of other interests um acting was something that through my you know late teens like 18 19 and then through my 20s had a lot of like excellent you know opportunities and experiences shows like 90210 But as I approached my 30s, um, I started having kids, and
4: that's when I kind of got attracted to a more stable life. No doubt about that. Charles, I want to ask you, writing for uh, Jamie or, you know, listen, I know how important the Peach Pit music was for you, the diner, the restaurant itself, but then you create this club, and now here's an amazing opportunity to get live acts on the show. It's doing everything that, you know, the young audience would want. So um, we're, you know, how important did it become? And then also talk, talk to me about then once you get Jamie writing for him and his character, Charles.
5: Well, you know, the one thing we, we didn't have if, if you think of season five, because Jamie was the house band, we didn't really have that many acts. I mean, Jade came on, but that was um, really for a charity event that was being taken place at the Peach Pit after dark. And then we had the Squash It with Vicellis there. They had a night there. But, you know, really it was the only band we brought on.
3: Well, the Flaming Lips. And, right?
5: That was the Flaming Lips, yeah. yeah. So so the, the, the Peach Pit, uh, you know, I was thinking about it. I mean, because it was, and this is my, my question to you, uh, Lair. you know, wanting to know more of the narrative of it of, of connecting. So it became, because Valerie was the Peach Pit After Dark and you didn't want to play, it became part, and she was cheating with this, and who knew this, it became part of the melodrama, the, the soap, as it were, of the series. So, you know, the place itself had that, you know, cauldron of stuff going on. So the question, Larry, did you, so did that, was that the mainstay in, let's just go for six for a second. Was that the mainstay or was it the music and the music was the thrust and then the stories went around it? You know, Chuck, as,
3: as you know, as Drew knows, we're trying to shoot pages on the set. So that would create we were able to create a pretty interesting set, which you, you were part of and uh, and play a lot of pages there, which could do different different things. I mean, it gave us a place that everyone could come to at night rather than just, you know, the, the, the diner would, you know, it's just going to be uh, too nostalgic. You know, it's just not going to be cutting edge enough. So it, it gave us a, a nighttime look at the show it was after dark. And, um, and then I think, you know, then, as, as I was saying, sometimes the shows, you know, w- would, would call for a certain kind of music. You could, you could, you know, get something and kind of, you know, fill the club up, do a couple of pages there and, and see something pretty cool. And, uh, uh, you know, and uh, you know, we all in, enjoyed the music, so it was fun bringing in people we really liked. And now, uh, plus we had Jamie, because um, I think I'm trying to think how many times he played that. Actually, I think he played. He opened in sweating, uh, sweating it out, uh, and I think he he came again. The 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 one you were referring to, Peach, where he gives the uh, inspirational speech. Uh, the uh, oh Donna does, yeah, Donna yeah. does. I think that was a different episode, if I'm not mistaken, because I remember Jessica and Steve writing that one, and sweating it out was a Chip episode. But yeah. uh, it, you know. I don't know. We we just love love music and love the, the fact that it was romantic and uh or some or it could be edgy like the thing, the, the lips or kind of be crazy fun like the bare naked ladies. It just gave All us right. another texture in a Did The bands
5: come after you? Uh you know. They we would beautiful. usually we would
3: usually put in like what we were looking for. We give him a kind said. of a look. And and Drew's right. I, I you know he he was the the hippest guy on the set. There's no daddy. Well, you know he's been wearing a Grateful Dead shirt for like 50 years, probably. Um, like I don't know. It might day. be the same one. He's not. What's he wearing there? Whitey, very very. Oh you know, I'm wearing a Ray, Ray Prude at the peach pit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um,
2: that's
3: it. but uh, you know we just. Uh, if,
4: you know, it was it, it was just a chance to have some fun, really, basically, I think,
3: you know, and, you know, that's what we
4: did. J- Jamie, was there's moments when you were writing a song and then you said to yourself, um, mm, well, you have obviously you had your songs written already. But were there moments where you were like, oh, this would be a little bit if I had to reword it a little bit that it fits this episode a little bit more? Was there anything like that? I know Brian had told us. Uh, that that had happened to him a while back.
1: I feel like there was uh, there was some episodes where we kind of rewrote the lyrics to some songs to make it apply more to Donna. I, I can't remember what song it was. I, I think it was uh, it was in the P- it was P.S. I love you.
3: You're, it's a scene you have with Carolyn McWilliams, and you're basically trying to win Donna back. Right. And you're and you kind of throwing some lyrics out, which are just you know really helpful to the storytelling of that moment. You know. Right. No, it was great to work with.
5: Jamie, I got a question for you. When was the last time you performed in the Peach Pit in season six? Do you remember what that was?
1: What the last performance was? I'm assuming that you had
5: him on stage in season six, Larry.
3: I think so, because we had the Ar- Ariel Hunter. We had the
5: Ariel Hunter plot.
3: We had the Ariel Hunter plot come back. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, I didn't do my research. Uh, Dr. Guys, Weiss, calling Dr. Weiss, help us out I, here. Just
2: in the comments. Did you stiff him <laughs> 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 season six? Well,
3: but I know I, he play, look, we, uh, he plays in Vegas, I know, in season six. We have a thing in Vegas. Right, oh, yeah. and, and, and oh, you know, because Zach, Zach Throne, who is, you know, a friend of yours, obviously, and a friend right. of our show, he, right. he plays in your band at that point. He's very excited yeah. to tell us that.
1: Yeah. yeah um, he's a phenomenal musician. I mean, he still is. He's just yeah, great.
3: no, I saw I saw him in Vegas. Uh, he was playing bass in the Divas of Rock and Roll. I uh, yeah, saw him, in, awesome. you know, when Chuck and I were there. yeah, he's a great guy. I really love him.
2: Jimmy what kind of music are you into these days do you have any plans to see any concerts now that the pandemic's over what's your what's your current vibe
1: um you know we we play a lot of music here at my house um, my kids are into music we've got a drum set bass a couple guitars so we have a lot of fun here i haven't put any uh real thought into into getting any performances right now um, i would love to have that opportunity it's just life is Busy right now with, you know, I got three teenage girls living under my roof, uh, Mm. my job, and I'm happy to just find the time to play at home. Right. What
2: what kind of music are your daughters into right now?
1: What are they listening? You know, they've got an eclectic taste. I got one daughter that definitely like she's she and I share playlists, and she's into a lot of like old alternative rock. She's getting into like some hard rock now. Um, and then I've got another daughter that listens to all pop music, the current stuff that they're out there. So, uh, and then my youngest daughter is kind of somewhere in between. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're listening to a lot of like, you know, I think the last show that I went to was this band called Somersault with my kids and they're kind of like a surf band. Um, good show. So I'm, I'm getting, they're teaching me some stuff and introducing me to some new music. And I'm getting to introduce them to some stuff that, that they don't hear on the radio. Nice. Uh, I want to know who Drew's going to
3: see this. Uh, who who do you bought <laughs> tickets for, Drew? Uh, um,
7: I have uh, two shows coming up. One in September, Trey Anastasio, of Fish. We just got mm. tickets for that. And then beginning of October, Dead & Company. Nice. <laughs> well,
4: Drew, Imagine I want to ask you amazing. about designing the Peach Pit After Dark because you did—you were a part of all of that. Um, yeah. Do you do you remember putting the like the logos and all that stuff together and what this was going to look like?
7: Oh yeah, I mean, because one one of the one of the biggest things we had to sort of plan around was all the different things that were potentially going to be in the space because uh, we knew that. We were going to have to shoot from every single corner and there's, you know, second story elements to it. That's a lot of open space and we were going to have to have space behind the set so we could do things. I mean, I'm glad we thought about that because like when we had Brian Setzer in his orchestra, we had to, like at the back of the stage, which was only, I think like eight feet from the front of the stage was the big cut out of the peach that had the backlight behind it. We turned it into a pumpkin for Halloween and stuff. We blew out that wall 15 feet. To fit his orchestra, wow. there was just so many pieces of it, and I thought, you know, when we first started it, that there was no way that it, it was going to, nobody, anybody was going to buy it, and it worked perfectly, and it was just because we thought about stuff ahead of time that made it possible to do that. That set was actually kind of fun.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All in all, in Van Eyes, right? I, I talked to Brian a while ago, and he was like, uh, "Oh." Let Funny talk-
2: timing. <laughs> 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 Let him tell
4: you himself.
5: Let,
2: him, Let him, him
4: what he said. Brian, wasn't wasn't uh Hi, Hi
5: everyone. After
10: five
4: wasn't the Peach Pit after Dark this magical place where people got to see live music? Weren't you telling me that at yeah. lunch? Yeah, oh, <laughs>
10: totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing music. There was a corn factory next door. It was really you know, amazing. <laughs> Fans
3: liked it. <laughs> huh? yeah. We're going to recreate it with a
7: pop up.
10: Drew Kenny, how are you, man?
7: Good, man. How about yourself? I'm good. Uh, you Jamie,
10: know. what's up, Yo. brother?
7: What's up?
4: How are you?
10: Good <laughs> how to are see you,
7: man? man?
4: It's always good. I mean, listen, we're talking about Peach Put after dark performances. That's the topic here. You had a I couple mean, of those, those Brian, right? I mean, do you remember doing some of that stuff, like playing on click tracks and uh, you know re- doing these these songs?
10: Um, yeah, it was, it was fucking hectic. It was, <laughs> it was really. I don't. Know, I'm sure you will agree with me. Like it was, it, it, like. <laughs> At the point when you heard the clicks and they were counting you in, you were well aware of the fact that you were like in the Peach Pit after dark doing a song and that it was going to be like completely under a microscope and like any little thing you did or didn't do was going to be judged or crucified.
1: Oh, yeah. Anytime there was like a tight shot on your fingering on the guitar, right. you oh. knew you were going to get feedback on like <laughs> <laughs> Guitar Magazine.
10: Right? Yeah. Jamie had it way worse than I did because he had, he was doing both. He was not only singing, but he was playing at the same time. So it's like he really had to be on his fucking Guitar Hero game, you know, like he really had to, he really had to sell it. I could, that- I, I, I could, I could stop it run another run another take and just you know i was lip-syncing so it was. we were
1: talking earlier about how awkward it was you know when that when it was silent in there and all the people were dancing quietly and (laughs) it was like a bad dream it was weird
10: (laughs) and how how about every time they would come up to you and they would be like hey so um could you just talk a little louder because there's going to be music in the background it's like well i could but a i feel like an asshole yeah Yeah. and b there is no music right now so you're like it's you know it was a little and we were we were young and i was i was hyper sensitive and aware of um people paying attention to what i was doing and criticizing me i was i was super critical of myself so it just that wasn't a super comfortable place for me to be yeah for you, Brian, was there other performances?
4: Because I know that everybody I've talked to, every musician we've talked to, we just talked to, uh, you know, Donna Lewis earlier, and she said that you know you were someone that came up and immediately wanted to talk to. You always talk to the musicians that came through to the show. Were there artists that you were less like? Oh my God, this is I'm super stoked. We have so and so that's going to be here tonight. I mean, I know obviously there's you know uh, Babyface and w- some of that stuff, but was there other... Yeah, th- mm-hmm.
10: yeah he was. He was the one. <laughs> I, because, I mean, he was um he was king of the world at that was, point that's yeah, right he dude. was he was the top producer in the world at that point. And the fact that he was doing the show, and I remember doing the um doing the 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 carnival episode and being on stage with him and and doing you know, performing this is for the Cool and all that stuff was like, it was insane. I just couldn't believe that I was doing it. Like, it just didn't, it didn't seem real. It was, that was one of those things of like, I remember when, when Kenny was there for the day, I was so nervous about like, you know, are you comfortable? Are you thirsty? Do you need water? Is there anything that I can do for you? Um, You know, to which, to which, what, what we, what I didn't understand as a cast member was that, other people felt just as nervous being on our set as we, as I felt having them on our set. So it was like this, it was this thing of like, I didn't understand um, the, I I didn't understand the gravity of being on our set the same way. I, I took it more like, man, we're so, so thankful to have you. It's such an honor. And, you know, and meanwhile, I find out after the fact, like, you know, Kenny's song sales like tripled just after the one episode that aired. Like it was, it was I like was just gonna say, to say
5: that magic word crossover. You know, yeah. and that's why he approached us. He wanted to do it and was like, "Hello." You can yeah. make And, that and his and um, yeah, he was such a gentleman, and uh, it was uh, it, it was really one of more one of the more memorable you know, uh, I think the most memorable performer, maybe that or The Stone, I mean, very memorable, and Jamie, you know, those were our, our you know, most memorable yeah. stuff.
3: And of course, we had the music business, we had uh, Carrie Wurr playing Ariel Hunter there, so we, we kept that that part of the, <laughs> gave us some storyline. Yeah,
5: she
10: so both of you guys' relationship. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that I smart. know, was yeah.
3: here's the Carrie Wurr.
10: <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that storyline was interesting because that was one of the only performances that we had that wasn't in the after dark. It was literally like, aside from the Stones thing where we went to their show, right? You know, we had the Color Me Bad episode where we tracked them down in the hotel, but we didn't go to their show and do that.
8: And everybody right. else,
10: I mean, we had Christina Aguilera come sure. do Jeannie yes. in a bottle before her before her career had even started. It was one of the first things that she had done. Um, I, and I just didn't, uh, I didn't understand that thing of like. Oh man, somebody wants to come and do our show, but it's because it benefits them. Like I, I I was honestly in this place of like, you know, thank you for doing us the favor, and like they would. And I remember every time when when Jamie came and started before, I was like, dude, you know, you like I already know this song, like you don't, you know, you're you're blessing us with this, and uh, it was, it was strange, but yeah, the the after dark was stressful, man. That was that was a, I, I didn't. I didn't like the after I had the radio booth in the after dark and it scared the shit out of me. Like I, I, the other sets, it was, they were much smaller groups. So you had smaller amounts of background, you had smaller amounts of cast. So you could sort of dip in, do your little bit and go. But the after dark was like a full production. Like they had to set up sounds, set up lights. Like we had, uh, who's at The Brian Setzer Orchestra performed that one time, which was awesome. They like they they set up and they had a full mixing board in the back, but they were supposed to just be uh lip syncing everything.
8: Mm-hmm. And
10: then once we were done shooting them, then they were like stopped lip syncing and they just fucking played live for like an oh, hour amazing. and we all danced uh, and it was, so it, cool. was wow, nice. it was really cool. You didn't know that, Chuck? No, I didn't I know was long
5: gone, buddy. I was <laughs> hard,
4: Brian,
10: I, I got a lot of people. I was
5: doing yoga, trying to recuperate.
4: I got a lot of people right. asking, asking this question. Uh, hey, Brian, how was Disney? <laughs> so, I
10: don't Disney, know. Um, Disney. Okay, Disney. Disney is Disney itself is amazing. Like Galaxy's Edge, if you're a Star Wars fan, that's like my wet dream. Galaxy's Edge. Wow. Um, uh, Universal was amazing. Uh, Orlando, this time of year, sucks. Right. The humidity is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, it was so uncomfortable to do anything. And and um, I was there with Sharna and the kids. And it was like, after being outside for like an hour, you were just, like, you didn't want to move. You, didn't, you just wanted to, like, hide under a tree and, and drink water and wait for... It was, it was so strange. Like, normally when the clouds cover an area, you're like, oh, uh-oh. There was like, oh, thank God, there's cloud cover. Like, there's not any direct sun. Mm-hmm. You, you were
4: just in Florida too, Jamie, weren't you? Yeah, I just got back from – we were in
1: uh, Sarasota area for yeah, nice. a yeah.
4: national
1: soccer match. And we experienced that same horrible humidity you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Elsa rolled through. It was – <laughs> uh, not a great, not a great weather week for were you.
10: Soccer, uh, were you but, is that on the western coast or the east on Eastern? the Gulf Coast? Yeah, the Gulf Coast, South of Oh, So, you were, you were full blown Elsa, like winds and, and all of yes, that. It was wet,
1: it was wet and windy.
10: Yeah, we caught just sort of the back end of Elsa, so it was like you know, we had light showers and a gust of wind for right. like five minutes. But, th- with that um,
1: humidity, it didn't matter whether it was raining or not, you were just. I, I probably changed my shirt like five times a day.
10: Yeah, Ugh. the humidity's insane. It's one of those like you take a shower and then you go outside and it's like, what? Like, why do I care? Because yeah. I'm just I'm just sweating instantly. Like, why did I bother taking a shower and doing this? And so Brian, we uh, we just, we're from just from Florida all the time.
7: It's not just Florida, Brent, because we got it in North Carolina a day and a half later.
10: Yeah, oh, I know Jamie's got to get out
1: about a oh. month ago, Drew, for for more soccer tournaments. And we expect
5: humidity
10: for you. Yeah. Yeah. But well, Jamie's gotta go. Dude, your, your kid's got to give up soccer, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 it,
3: it'll it'll just, be over it, so quickly. Enjoy every much. moment of it.
10: Yeah. you're yeah. You're giving up way too much of your life. Oh uh, man. I know but, you gotta go,
4: Jamie, but thank you so much for stopping by. Brian, I have oh, one thing God, I want to show you before you leave, and then uh oh, and then no. we'll be done here. It's not bad. I hate
10: when Pete does this.
4: <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Dude, but Jamie, I wanna, you're the
10: man, thank you. Good yes. to see you. Yes.
4: We all love you here, man. thank so, you, Jamie. Thank you thanks thanks to All right. This this is you know, squash it. You know, we have
10: oh, to
4: Clip really worked out great. Yeah, I
5: was going uh, the well, to say very impressive. Very impressive. You know, after you do one or two of these, you'll get to know how to use the board better. Right. Yeah. yeah.
10: <laughs> you might, you might okay. want to not have a dial-up connection anymore either. You know. <laughs> do you remember doing all of that uh, with with my I, I do. So so switch it up. Was I was in the middle of recording my album. Um, and, uh, you see Trey was in the episode who Trey from the far side, um, Kamal, who was a, who was another really good friend of mine. He was in the episode and I remember, um, I mean, I remember aside from shooting the episode, I remember the stress of like performing and doing a song and it was all about like finding the right song and picking things and like I was in the studio recording, um, up until God, I think the night before shooting and we finally settled on on this one, two, three song. But it was that was that was um a lot a lot of people a lot of people remember that one. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's
4: an awesome one, man.
10: Just yeah, watch it was it. a good one.
4: Yeah. Um Charles, do you have a favorite performance uh from your time at 902 and on in the after dark? I'm going to ask you.
5: After Dark? Well, you know, I, I think that my – we've talked about it before. It's the it, it, And it's also the whole gestalt of it. It isn't just the performance, but it's the song, the filming, the vibe of it. I'm sorry. Can um, say
10: the whole what of it? Gestalt. Gestalt. Okay. G-E-A-L-T. We all know what that word is.
5: It's a German word. Yeah, I don't know. It means – What's going on? You know, you Thank
10: you. right? And, yeah. You know the Thanks whole the vibe of it, Story right? Right? And,
5: and uh, well, you know, trust me. You know, I'll show you my college degree. I got one there. I got one there.
0: So,
3: um,
5: <laughs> I'll show you my uh, credentials. You got two. Like, yeah,
3: Brian graduated California University.
5: It was uh, it was that moment that uh, Eckhouse uh, was. He was the director. Jamie's playing Y. And he does that track right into him, and then he reverses it and goes right out to uh, uh, Tori as Donna, like listening, and it's very connected. And I—that's I, my favorite of of Jamie's songs because I know hold the power balance, but that was a rocker song, and I'm go for that, that for you know over the other. So I that that would be in terms of the Peach Pit After Dark. That's the one, uh, in, in watching all these episodes with you th- this past year, that's the one moment that sticks out the most. Um, Larry, what about
4: you? do you have one?
5: Um,
3: well, you know, I mean, I, certainly the first time, you know, Jamie played uh, really does. I mean, but he was the house band. But I, I, I got a big kick out of it. We did the gospel brunch with the Blind Boys of Alabama,
4: and they did the show. I mean, like, I was
3: just like, wow.
10: Yeah.
4: And, uh, I mean, it was, it was
3: Clarence Fountain. It was, you know, it was, it was big.
4: Brian, you mentioned Christina Aguilera earlier. Yeah. Was there one that you were like, this is, is that the one where you're like, holy shit. I mean, Christina Aguilera's here. This is insane in the after dark. I'm talking after dark, you know?
10: Yeah, no. So, so when, when Christina was, was booked to do the show, her single hadn't even dropped yet. So like, I remember sitting in Paul's office hearing about, uh, Oh yeah. So they've got, you know, they've got this girl, uh, Christina Aguilera is going to come in and, uh, everyone was like, who? Like I'd, I'd never heard of her before. Nobody had any idea who she was. I, I even remember that Vincent young, who was the, the operator of the after dark on the show at that point. Noah. Mm-hmm. Noah. Right. You yeah. couldn't remember how to pronounce her last name. Because it was a big thing of like you can't say Aguilera, it's Aguilera. Like it was a Aguilera. whole thing because there was some other Aguilera at the time. I, I forget what was what the deal was. So
2: we all forgot who that other Aguilera was now.
10: Right. Yeah. It's kinda like the other Brian Green that's in SAG, you know, damn him. Oh, um, <laughs> um
4: see see what happened, Chuck? That's season nine. They couldn't even get the names the name. <laughs> 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 I know. I, Brian, I, that, also, yeah. I keep getting this one in the room. But well, also,
5: birthday. it's like kind of, a, it, it, it's uh, it, it's also like that thing. When, when, when Brian, when you were talking about the fact that when anybody would come on the show, you just didn't realize what it meant to them. Right. And it's, you know, believe me, it was the same thing on the other side of the hill, too. And I think it's because doing this show, when we're doing this show, Uh, whether it was right from season one or season eight, it doesn't matter. We all had this, thanks to the you know the media and the way we were covered and presented, this inferiority complex about what we were doing from start to finish, you know. So, it's not that surprising, you know, to feel that like, oh, this is such a great favor that you're coming in. Actually, the reverse. Could be true, you know. It was it was a very just interesting thing. You I know. Just
10: wasn't I wasn't aware of it at all. Like I, I didn't understand the power of um, performing on that show for people. I didn't understand like what a what a career builder it could be for someone in music. I, I didn't. I, I just didn't connect it that way. Like it was. It, it was um, maybe because we shot it in Van Nuys. I don't know. I, I yeah, never. I feel- and I can only speak for myself. I don't know about anybody else, but I never, I, I never really connected with the idea of how big the show seemed to other people. Like to me, it was just a job. And I was so thankful when other people would come and do it and cared about it. And So when friends wanted to do it or people that I knew, it was like, you know, hey, yeah, let me see what I can do. Like, I was just so eager to bring people in to do it Mm -hmm. because I felt like, man, if I don't do this, like, you know, nobody's (laughs) going to do this.
3: People got a chance for 15 million people uh, on a night would watch the show. So the bands would get exposure, you know, 15 million people.
5: Well, that's an interesting thing. I just wanted to bring it up because it, it might be interested. Both you guys, Drew and Brian, might be really interested in this notion. That when because Dawson's Creek, I did that after nine hundred two and oh. and Dawson's Creek. This at this point, songs were licensing songs were becoming more expensive, and this this and and Bob Daly, who was the head of Warner Brothers at the time, and they were running Dawson's Creek, said the exact scene that Larry said: we're exposing these artists to all this publicity; they should be paying us, and it, it actually <laughs> for a very short little window. You know, actually, it was it wasn't quite pay to play, but it was pretty close for a lot of the the you know the bands who were on the various recording labels there at the in the late nineties. You
10: know. I remember um, when I did Desperate Housewives, and uh, I and I worked with Vanessa Williams, and I was talking to her, and you know, I was like really sort of humbly, I was like, oh hey, yeah, I think you and Brian McKnight had a song on like the 90210 soundtrack at one point and she jumped in and was like oh yeah it was a big like it was a big single for us and it was it was a big deal and I just did, it was like it was a big hit that was the big yeah, hit Sorry you're you're Vanessa Williams and you did it with Brian <laughs> McKnight and you remember like being on our little show and that's crazy to me. So oh, cool. there it is
7: right there.
5: Wow. What yeah. year? What season was that?
7: Oh my goodness!
5: It says on the no. front.
7: No, 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 no. Oh no, no! It doesn't. It doesn't have I, any. Why would on. say that, Chuck?
5: Well, tell me a song. I'll tell you what season.
7: <clears throat> nope. uh, let's see.
4: But meanwhile, Brian, I know you have a birthday tomorrow. This is coming up all in the week. So happy birthday to you, Thank yes. Brian! Yes, Thank you. Uh, I wanted to say also. Sherry Weiss says it's her birthday tomorrow. Oh,
10: oh happy you. birthday, everybody!
4: Thank you. Yay. Yes. So happy birthday to our friend Sherry. Did you find happy out
7: birthday. true? Uh no, I still don't have a date. It, it has uh, it, it's all from one season, it looks like. Let's get oh, it on Charles, Marvin You know, this is
10: live TV, man. <laughs> you, <gotta laughs> <cool in> these, <laughs>
7: you know, took the glasses off to it, which is,
10: yeah, I Look at the print, yeah. it's tiny. Yeah. God, the lyrics. Well, a baby say, I
4: see baby face there, right? I need a
10: loop wow. to. Yeah, this is
4: four. On, let 4. Wow. Let me put this on. I can't I can't you can put them on.
7: has <laughs> no, got glasses go. go. <laughs> I'll, I'll scan it and send it to Pete. Thank, Thank you. Also, oh, since,
5: since we're saying birthdays, let's uh, wish a happy birthday to France. It's Bastille Day today. Well, there you go. Oh, the entire mean, the entire
4: country. Bonjour. All right. Well, this has been great having everybody here, exactly. uh, Brian. It's good seeing you, um, Larry. I'm going to play that interview before we leave too with uh, that we did with Donna Lewis because people are asking for that. So uh, we're going to say goodbye to Brian. Thank you so much for being here, Matt. Happy birthday, bro!
7: Have, I have a great so time, sunrise.
4: man. Good
10: time, man. I, uh, I'm going. Um, I'm going on a boat tomorrow to Guadalupe Island, Mexico, and I'm mm-hmm. going to go great white shark diving for uh, for five wow. days. Exactly. So, wow. So, uh, well, you man, mean? That- in, right. in cages, we've got ten
3: like, figures, we'll,
4: we'll, we'll you know, come back Go down in
10: cages, you mean? Yeah, I, I hope in cages, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <laughs> jumping in otherwise. That sounds back. like
4: you take iron to something like that with the yeah, sharks. It's shark. Yeah. Week. yeah camp. Camp. Uh,
10: with tiger sharks or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> his, out of his mind.
4: Yes. All right, man. It's uh it's good seeing you, bro. Uh we will catch up with you another time. I'm so long, everyone. All right. All right. Happy birthday. Bye. All right. So, okay, I want to play this, uh, this Donna Lewis thing. And you should play that thing at the end of all the, the thing as the over the closing credits. We'll, we'll, we'll hope for that happens. But this is something Melanie wants me to play. Hi, I'm
2: Melanie oh. with 90210 Hunts, and we are hosting another virtual scavenger hunt from August 13th through the 15th. This one is going to focus on all things pop culture from the whole decade of the 90s, including TV, music, movies, fashion. Anything you can think of. It's going to be so much fun reliving our favorite decade. There will be a couple of Beverly Hills 90210 tasks and prizes, so check those out. Visit 90shunt.com, sign up today, and we will see you August 13th through the 15th.
4: Okay, so another hunt. And the reason why we did this show is because we're going to do a Peach Pit After Dark pop-up. We are plotting that all out. We don't know any information other than what I just told you. We do know that Melanie did make contact with the venue today. That mm-hmm. would be very exciting uh, for the fans if it if it comes through. Oh, that's
5: great! Those people yes. at Petco are so nice. <laughs> 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 they have so many fans. You know, you the ballpark. <laughs> My dog was banned
3: from Petco on Sunday.
4: It's definitely a thing that's, you know, connected to the show. So, and I think these guys all know what it is. All right. Um, Here's the thing. This is five minutes. I cut it down to five minutes. We talked to Donna Lewis for 10 minutes um, or so, and we'll put that in the Patreon for everybody. Uh, But here is that conversation. This has been like a super show. Right, this has been a little bit like a planet 90210 or or sure. whatever. So, this is mid July. Hey, don't
5: get carried away, of right? here, but, you know, right. there's nobody from Israel. That's true. And we're not holding our breath trying to understand our friends from Italy. We, like,
2: did have, we did <laughs> have a Canadian, though. We had a Canadian. It's international, guys. It's international.
4: That's right. Okay, yeah. so just, here, just is,
2: just here
4: is the uh, the Donna Lewis thing.
0: 25 years, I mean, I can't believe 25 years old, I Love You Always Forever is. And um, yeah, I saw the little clip. I'd love to see the whole thing again, because I remember when I was doing, uh, I had to like say a few things and I, you know, it was, I said, I'm not an actress, so don't get me to do anything that involves
4: acting. (laughs) I'm curious for you though, Donna, how did this come about that you were gonna be on 90210? Do you remember how that happened?
0: Oh, yeah, you know, the, uh, you know in those days with Atlantic, it was, uh, you must do David Letterman because your sales are going to boost. And then we, would, we, would, we had like a mad, um, crazy tour of all over the world. And then they said, you know, do you want to sing in the Peach Pit at Beverly Hills, 90210? And, uh, oh, really? And uh, again, I think it was all, you know, Beverly Hills, 90210, a huge show. Um, you should do it. And, you know, so that's that's what we did. I think we did two songs, didn't we? I, I Love You Always Forever and Without Love. Yes.
3: Yeah, those were the two songs. Well, we knew the song. So, uh, you know, again, it was all, you know, we're looking for that kind of synergy of, uh, of you know, bringing in viewers, keeping things kind of uh, hip and lively. And... Uh, at the Peach Pit and, you know, it was just great. I, I can't remember the action of what's happening there, but I'm sure there's some romantic things going on. We're probably breaking a couple of hearts and doing some other things <laughs> while she's playing. Yep. But uh, I saw the clip also because, I, you know, I wanted to refresh and it's, you know, it's just lovely. And we got a big group there too, I have to say. I counted six people on stage. That was yeah. one of the biggest yeah. ensembles we had. You had two singers.
0: I know. Oh, I, I think in those days, you know, you go from TV show to TV show, and it's like you go with your couple of guys that are in your band. I think Tony Franklin, who's a, an LA guy, or well, he's a British guy living in LA. Tony, my bass player, Harvey Jones, my keyboard player. And then I think we we rented a drummer and uh, a couple of backing vocals, okay. So those guys came in. So it was, um, you know, it was a lot of fun.
4: Absolutely. Well, do you remember recording the episode at all? Do you remember what I
0: ex- do. In fact, I was going through my old journals because I'm because it's our 25th year celebration. We're, we're doing this whole thing with some exciting things coming up and we're gonna do like a little, Uh, you know some tour dates and stuff like that and we've actually re recorded my whole first album live from start to finish um which is fun but anyway i remember um it was a crazy time i don't know whether we were in england beforehand and we flew in and um we got there and some of the the guys came out to say hi i think ian came out and um who is the girl that played tiffany Is it
4: no no tiffany oh, tiffany. oh yeah, tiffany. Yeah, tiffany.
0: Valerie, yes yeah mm-hmm. met her and i think um is it brian uh, was brian brian austin
4: green yeah. yes
0: yes and they came out into the trailer to say hi and so we were in having makeup and hair and it was great because we had we got a free haircut which is always very nice to have and um <laughs> but they, they were also lovely i mean you know it's like a a big show like that you go on and you never know what people are going to be like and everybody was like he had so much fun and um, so friendly. I didn't see some of the other cast members, but those guys we did meet and uh, they were lovely. And And we did the, the couple of songs and then I think we were gone. I think we had to get a red eye back to New York or something, you know.
4: The song becomes synonymous with 90210 fans, they love it, I mean, they talk about it all the time, it's one of those big songs, did did you notice after 90210 that people were talking about the song more, or your connection to 90210, has it come up at all during this time?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, 90210 was like a big... American TV show, isn't it? So loads of people. I mean, I, I, I didn't see it yes. for a long, long time. And then fans of mine were like sending me clips. Oh my God, you did the peach clips! Um, so people did talk about that. I mean, you know, I think, I think in England too, you know, my family and friends, it was, you know, oh my God, I didn't know you are on Beverly Hills, I know too. Well, no, in fact, I'm in New York now staying with a friend of mine, and she's going, you did that? You did that?
5: <laughs> so,
0: yeah, it, it was just, a, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I feel very lucky to have I Love You Always Forever. I mean, sometimes, you know, people only know you for that song and, you know, you've you so many other things too, but, you know, at the end of the day, you look back and 25 years later, it's pretty amazing.
4: That was Donna Lewis. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you in the Patreon, you'll be able to catch that. The the, the whole thing that. And did yes. you
5: did you do that this morning?
4: We did that at three o'clock this afternoon P- Pacific time. Yes. Why?
5: Three, oh, I just yeah. Well, because you're wearing the same shirt. I yeah. <laughs> Larry changed
2: his. I shirt.
4: changed my shirt. No, we oh. shirts. So I, I don't put, don't put on the official know, Jamie Walters shirt. Yeah, that was smart of you, by the way.
2: Yes. Um, Mine's a sweatshirt. I would have worn it, but it's literally a hundred degrees in my room right now. So
4: uh, do you guys want to hear the the this?
2: I always want to hear that. This
4: is just for <laughs> America's Zip Code. America's Zip Code is coming up, and that is something else that we're looking to do. So we've got the pop-up. We've got America's zip code. Drew, you're invited to all of this stuff. Yeah, we have got to need some North Carolina, Drew. You've got to need some Carolina fans. We're
5: going to need some fans. can never have been on the podcast before.
4: That's right. You cannot have been on the podcast before. America's zip code. <laughs> we're trying- we already have Arkansas. We already have Arkansas and Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Bill Clinton. No. <laughs> no. But we no, but we we were shocked to find out that we, we had an we were like I was thinking Arkansas will be one of the harder states to find. We already have an Arkansas, so we're already one step ahead <laughs> of people. Yeah. So email me Peter at Beverly Hills90210 Show.com if you want to be the representative of your state. We're gonna try to get all 50 states. I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna
5: we're- see. Well you know what I think we should have a duel going right now. Who's gonna do first? North Dakota or South Dakota, which which uh, of those two vital states are going to? What about Wyoming? We're going to
3: get a Wyoming, it, it, you know.
2: Are I, we I, including well, Courtney, Jamie,
5: I, I, I'll call Liz. She'll, she'll
4: call Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. She's
5: not doing much in Congress anymore. They don't. tumble listen to stuff anymore. It's
4: we're going to need this guy, Steve Kernicky. Would remember him from the, from the election? <laughs> We're going to yeah, need him on the big map. Oh, the states. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> yeah, going to be great. Yeah. yeah that'll
5: it'll be fun. Yeah. When, all when, right. When, when
4: are we hoping to do that one? August sometime. I, I think October. September. We should, September. We should, okay. we should let so we'll, December go. Let's wide. do September. Yeah. We're it's so going so to take, take a while to to get this again. This is how our Zoom meetings go. When are we going to do that
7: one? I don't know.
4: But here is the few things that are coming up in the next uh, few weeks. We're going to try to do Scott Scanlon next week with Doug Emerson. We'll see. Hopefully. He said maybe. Uh, Then we're going to do the girl from New York uh, with (laughs) Rabio Scott, uh, Jill Fleming from the episode. And then we don't know what we're going to do on August 4th, but we do know – that Larry and I um, are going to interview uh, Elise Donovan who played ginger Valerie's friend on august 11th so that's a little bit of what's coming uh down the pike. we've got a we've got a uh, a pop-up that we're planning here maybe at a at a 90210 place yes anybody could come to this thing it's it's great uh is somebody asking we all come yes sure I and it's it's going to be a, it might
5: be a real music extravaganza we may be having a lot of Guest stars, and you know, they might be karaoke and jukebox and all sorts of stuff.
4: And the, well, it, I was gonna say, the rumor and innuendo is that there there's might be a little karaoke, uh, a karaoke yeah. contest, right? And so, you know
5: what, I'll sing, right?
4: Do know what song you're everybody dance, dance now? <laughs> and then uh, you know, certain fans will be like, I can't believe he sang that song. You know, the same fans <laughs> that uh don't want to hear it will somehow be there. Um. Okay, so this is this week. We are now all going to an actual After Dark if you are on the Patreon. Uh that will be happening soon. And of course, make sure you email me about the uh the America zip code. This was a fun show. So let's just get this. Tori, Jamie, right? Brian. Yep. Bare naked ladies. Uh, and Lammy lips.
2: lips, Donna Lewis, and Drew Kenny,
4: all of it. Yes, uh, yeah. all right, guys. Good seeing you. you. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with Scott, uh, with Doug Emerson. Uh, just guys, DM them and say, Hey, you got to do the show next week, so then that will help force that hand a little bit. Let's all right, have
10: <laughs> <Okay>. a- <laughs>
4: run that, run that, that clip of oh, no, no, you can't. We'll get shut, we'll get shut around. And- oh, and- I got, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, copyright. I guess, copyright. But Got Todd you. Todd has the clip up on his YouTube. Um, I don't know how to get that to Todd. Send me the link. Send or me the link. Okay. All right. Thanks
3: everybody. Great to see you, Drew. Great to see you, Chuck, Melanie, thank and uh, all Star Week. She's that we have Melanie, thank God, this week, because it's all Star Week and peace absolutely. in absolutely, We'll go right. back to the second half
4: of baseball season. Wait, hold on. Pete Alonso crushing the uh, home run derby made it look like it was. Uh,
5: well, the Mets do really well when it doesn't count.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to go to a game with you guys next month. Not a next Padres Dodgers. game, but that's next okay. Dodgers.
4: Yep. Now way. we're only we're here now only amusing ourselves. Yes. All right, guys. Good. We will we will <laughs> see you in the after dark.